Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Janie Pilgrim, and this is The Deal. Welcome. Welcome to The Deal. I'm Janie Pilgrim, your host, where the right advice can change your life. I honestly think that every show here on The Deal and The Career Lounge is set with the intention to touch, move, and inspire your life. And I, you notice I said the word life and not career because your career the person that you bring at work, that, that's you. And as much as we try to put on our corporate hat, it's challenging to remove 100% of our personalities, our values from what we bring to the office. So my intention is to provide advice. Most of it's focused on careers, but you will notice that if you take this information, it can be transitioned over to practically every aspect of your life. If you think about the word networking, when I talk about it, I'm really talking about making meaningful connections. And I mentioned that in a lot of other, a lot of my other shows and making meaningful connections can make the difference in many aspects of your life. Whether you're a mother, a sister, a wife, we all need solid advice, wisdom. We all want wisdom of Solomon. And it's one thing to get the advice. It's another thing to take it and apply it to your life. So my hope and my intention for you is that you get this advice. You see how it has the potential to change and to impact your life on a positive level and use it however you need to use it whether it's being a good mom, whether it's being a good wife, whether it's being a good friend and being a good employee or good boss on the job. My intention for you is that the advice moves and shapes you in a way that adds value. And today's show is really about having value in your life. It's about being able to shift As women, there is a lot of shifting that goes on in our lives. We shift from being an employee, shift from being a boss, some of us mothers and wives. We shift from being children. We shift from being a sibling. We're always shifting in our lives, depending on the situation we're in. And today's guest, Mimi Scarlett, she is here to bring you pearls of wisdom. That's so very important because as she talks about her life, her blog, the work, 
how she empowers other women to do similar work that they love. She shifts her life and shares her life in a way that make you move forward. I, in speaking to Mimi, I just love this topic. I just love having a conversation with her because it, it validates me. It validated me and I believe it will validate you. What do I mean when I say it validates me? Is that she, in her own way, allows you or grants you the permission to be diversified. We talk about being diversified when we're investing. We talk about not putting all your eggs in one basket. But when we talk about careers, oftentimes what I heard and other people hear who have multiple interests who are diversified is you got to be focused. You can't be all over the place. And as much as that is true, and it is true, there it has to be a laser focus if you're running your business. There has to be a laser focus in being good at what you do on the job. But here's the flip side. Being multi multifaceted, bringing all your skills to your job, to your career, adds tremendous value. And what Mimi does is shares how being diversified in your skill sets and being able to embrace learning new ideas and having them work for you. So I'm extremely excited about today's show. And I'm hoping that you get so much information out of it and that it moves you and helps you on your career or on your entrepreneurial track. So without further ado, I'm going to bring Mimi, whose trademark name is Unlikely Martha. And she's going to get into how she got that name in a minute. But stay tuned. We'll be right back with Unlikely Martha. This segment is brought to you by the documentary feature film, Autistic Like Me. The film explores the emotional challenges fathers face coping with children living with autism. For information on the film and to view a clip, go to www.autisticlikeme.net. Welcome back. The place where you can get career advice that can change your life. Today, I'm extremely excited for so many reasons. We have so many great things to talk about. One thing we're going to talk about is entrepreneurism. The second thing is every path is different, and we all have our own unique path to success. So today, we're going to speak to someone who's unlikely, and she goes by the trade name of Unlikely Martha. But her... Given name, as some people say, her government name is Mimi Scarlett, and she runs a successful blog. She runs an affiliate program. She is a stay-at-home mom. And for any mompreneur, entrepreneur, or anyone who's thinking about venturing out and having a home-based business, today's show is for you. I want to take this time out to welcome Mimi, a.k.a unlikely Martha to the deal and I want everyone out there to listen closely and let's celebrate that we have Mimi on the show. Mimi welcome so much to the deal. Thank you for joining us and sharing your pearls of wisdom with us today. 
Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited. I'm looking at your website as we speak. It is absolutely beautiful. One of the things that I look at, um, I guess as a woman, this may be a woman trait, but one of the things I look at as a woman, when I look at a website, it looks clean, it looks professional. That draws my eye. That gives me a little confidence in the website and possibly into the person who created it. So today, let's just spend a little time on that. But before we get to that piece of the segment, I want to know a little bit about you. How did you start Unlikely Martha? Unlikely Martha kind of has been, um, I guess, a progression of me over the past about six years. Um, Initially, I was working in corporate, uh, very high-powered, you know, career, did a lot of traveling. And I had a, a young child at the time, and my mother was living with us, and she would help you know, my husband, when I traveled, which was extensively. And unfortunately, in 2008, my mother fell ill and she passed away. And my husband was kind of having a difficult time managing house with such a young child and me being gone as much as I was. So I went to my employer and I said, hey, you know, I've had a change. You know, I had this, you know, unexpected death you know my mom passed I need to basically you know step down a little bit in my role I asked to be demoted and I was told no Um, either I was going to adjust or you know look for a new place of employment so my husband and I planned for about nine months we um, saved all of my income and we basically you know cut back and lived off of his and we saved all of our money and uh, I walked away. Um, I had to make that decision. And I was already missing so much of my son's life. It was just kind of like I felt like I needed to make a change. But that was kind of like that forced push change I needed to kind of just step away. And so shortly after that, I found out I was pregnant. Probably like a week after I put in my notice, I found out I was pregnant. We just kept the course. And um, after my baby was born, I was kind of in a place where I felt like I had lost myself. I was like, I'm so used to having this career. Now I'm home with these two kids all day. I'm like, what is happening to me? And I started a blog. It was just to be a hobby and just something that I had to look forward to. That was my time. That was something I enjoyed doing. And I had no idea what grow into all of this, but here I am. Wow. You said a lot. I mean, you said so much on so different, so many different, real life issues that women today address and fathers address it too. Cause it didn't, I mean, it impacted your family, not just you from mm-hmm. your career perspective. So I want to just back up a little bit and talk about the career. All right. So you had a very high profile, lots of travel in your role. Um, you know, you were bringing in the income and then you had to make a decision. How tough was that? Mm, it was, it was tough, but it wasn't because I felt like, okay, I needed a shift. I knew something needed to happen because I was rather unhappy in the position, but that was the fourth. So I think it was more fear than anything, but I was ready. I was ready for the change, but I was scared to make the step. And then it was just kind of like I got pushed in the back, like, go, <laughs> you know, yeah. we're done with you. You got to go. So that just kind of was, um, it was scary, but it was needed. And I was kind of looking forward to it. So once everything kind of fell in place, I was glad that it happened. But, of course, I thought it was like, oh, my gosh, what what is going to happen next, that type of thing. 
Yeah, you said something that's very important, and I, I want to stress to women out there um, before we actually get into the entrepreneurial piece that you and your husband planned financially. And it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, and if I'm you know going down the wrong path, and it's too personal, please feel free to stop me. But it seems like even before you decided to leave your job in corporate America, you and your husband were doing financial planning. Is that accurate? We weren't. Um, we weren't as strict about it. Let's just put it like that. So, I mean, there was, you know, minimal saving, you know, just the bare minimum, you know, 401ks, things like that. We weren't um, irresponsible about that, but we weren't as buckled down and strict as we needed to be. So we knew that this step would mean that we would have to be dedicated and, you know, to making sure that we would be okay. Right. Now, that's very important, um, and, I, and I actually kind of stress this when I do my speaking engagements to women, and I, I, I feel this way for my personal life when I was in corporate. I was always afraid. I was, I was always in the mindset, I'm not saving enough. I'm not saving enough. And that's so important because if you have to make a decision where you want to leave your job, or sometimes you, it's not even a decision that you make, but the decision that the company makes for you, it's really great to have your financial house in order. And I won't spend too much time on that. I just wanted to say, so if you're listening, having meeting with a financial advisor, having a financial plan, your 401k and some savings on the side, they say now it's about six months of savings. If you can do that, mm-hmm. most people say that you can't, but I'm telling you today, you can't afford not to, even if it's $10 a month, it adds up. You okay, have so, to. Exactly. So you got into saving mode um, you know, after you made that decision that you were going to leave the corporate gig so that you and your family, you, your husband and your family can begin to go down the, I'm going to call it the mommy path. Cause you know, having an HR background, you know, you're the corporate path. And then sometimes once you have children, they say you're on a mommy path. So you were on the mommy path and you made a decision to leave your corporate job so that you can be an at home mom. That's correct. Yes. Okay. Um, I love this story for so many reasons. One is because you were working in corporate America. You were feeling the grind. You were also feeling um, you were feeling the push of the mom, but you were holding it down. You were doing both. And then you made a decision to leave, which is a brave decision. I applaud you for that. And then you were on the mommy track and you said, you know, you were used to this corporate gig, right? You were used to moving and shaking. And after you got settled, it sounds like you said, now what? And then you started the <laughs> And what happened? Yes. You started the blog and it just, it just blew up. <laughs> so it was kind of like, okay, this is like my little set thing. I'm going to do this every day. And I was, you know, some days I was consistent, some days I wasn't. And then um, kind of once I got into it, I was like, oh, my gosh. It was like this whole world out here with all these different women who had, like, all these different backgrounds. And they were kind of doing the same thing I did. So I got, like, built, you know, kind of into this blog community where these women were supporting each other and saying, hey, I had a corporate career, too. I left to be a mom. So it's almost like I found, like, a little support group. And so it almost became addictive. I was reading all these blogs, and then I started saying, hey, these these women are making money. How are they doing this? And then I finally, in 2012, I went to the Blog Her conference, which at the time was, like, one of the only, you know, blog conferences it was huge for women, and it was in New York City, and I went. I made the investment, 
And at that point in 2012, which was two years in, I was like, okay, I'm going to get serious about this. If these women are making real, you know, a real, you know, living off of this and supporting and helping support their families, hey, I can do this. And so that's when I buckled down in 2012. I said, okay, I'm going to get serious about that. So I cleaned my site up, um, got my media kit together started figuring out how to pitch brands and things like that. And I just kind of built from there, just got real serious about what I was doing, which was still very hard because then my daughter was two and we know what two year olds do, you know, Mm -hmm. and she's still home with me. And I have, at that time, I guess my son had to be about uh, maybe five or six. So it was hectic, but I made the decision that if I was going to, you know, stay home, continue to be able to be home, that I was going to need to bring in some money at this point. And I just focused on that. So you said you cleaned up your, you said cleaned up your blog. You went to the She, now let just repeat that. It was the She Bloggers Conference? It's called Blog Her, B-L-O-G, and then Her, H-E-R. Now, is that a national conference? Is that a national conference? It is, and it still goes on. It's an annual conference, um, I believe, next year. It might be in New York. I can't remember. Um, But it is a great conference. It's just all women, bloggers, and Mm -hmm. brands come, and women are able to interact with brands and learn more about the business of blogging. It's a real conference. Wow. Wow. That's great. That's great. That's great information. Okay, so you went to Blog Her, and you met the connection. So what clicked for you? What made you decide that um, this is the way to go? I'm going to do this 100% and I'm going to make money off of it. Because at that point, I really understood um, how much I had missed with my son. And I was mm. like, I, I don't want to go back to work. Like if my kids are sick, I, I just I don't want to have to, you know, negotiate with my husband who's going to stay home today I just kind of made that decision that I needed to be there for my kids at least until the baby went off to school so once I made that decision it was kind of like it's time to get serious and I know I can do this so I'm going to buckle down so like I said that was at that point where it was media kit you know figuring out what my brand was going to look like um, you know, branding you that, get, getting all of my stuff in order. What your brand is going to look like? That's a tough one. A lot of women, I mean, we incorporate it, talk about your brand, but that's a little different because, you know, it's it's more of your reputation um, mm-hmm. and it's your work product. But when you're trying to figure out your brand and your layout, it's it's visual in addition to content. How do you figure that out? So I think what I did, I've always liked clean. I'm not a I'm very plain. Let's just say that I wear a lot of black and white. I wear collared shirts, jeans, that to me. So I knew my brand was just going to be clean. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I did was I just went about looking at different blogs, different companies, and I took bits and pieces of things that I like maybe from their logo or their slogan or their color scheme, and I just kind of built it all until I found something I think that would represent me. And that's kind of how I built my own brand. I didn't hire anybody. You know, Mm. I was just, you know, on Pinterest, just really looking around, reading a Mm. lot about building a brand image because I didn't have the money. (laughs) You know, you have money. You can always pay somebody to do these things. But I just kind of, you know, looked at graphic design. What did I like? I looked at programs. So I've created everything. I built my website. I did my own logo. But, again, this was just me over time looking at different people's, uh, web presence 
picking, hey, I like this font. Hey, I like that color. I liked how she took her pictures, and I just kind of built it all together. Do you still mm-hmm. do your Do you still do your blog? I mean, do you still do the layout of your blog yourself, or now do you outsource that? No, I still do that myself. Wow, because I'm looking at it. Honestly, I love it. I really do. Okay, I'm going to deviate a little bit, and then we're going to go back to the topic. Okay, I noticed on your site. This is going to sound silly, but your hair looks tight. <laughs> it looks tight. <laughs> How do you maintain that polished, sexy, but not over the top when you, you're running a blog, a business, and have two kids? How do you do that? So let's go back. I'm so plain, you know. <laughs> um, you and I try to. I am so plain, but people always ask me that, you know, people um, that read my blog and say, hey, anything from like, how do you get out for mom's night? Like, they really want to know. And I always say it's about planning. Um, Actually, I get my hair cut at Great Clips. That's $8. Um, And I do my own hair. So, you know, no, no, I do not because, you know, um, I, I try to be extremely mindful of how much money I spend. So, yeah, I go to Great Clips. I spend at the most with a tip $15 maybe every six weeks or so because I'm big on self-care. I'll go and get my hair cut, and I maintain it myself. Um, I do a lot of thrift shopping. Um, uh, If I see something I want in the store, I may splurge on it. Uh, My one thing that I do splurge on is designer sunglasses. That's my thing. But other than that, I thrift. I do. I shop at the thrift store. In terms of simplicity, do you just wear the same jewelry for the most part and and just certain key pieces? Yeah, I actually have a post on my blog about all of my jewelry pieces that I found thrifting. Mm, So I do. I I look in thrift stores. Yep. I look in thrift stores for statement pieces of jewelry, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I pretty much wear white button-down shirts or shift dresses, which are my favorite, or maxi dresses, and I just accessorize. Mm. Okay. All right. So now that we got the fashion out of the way and talk about how beautiful you look, how can a mom, a student, an entrepreneur, how can they make money blogging? My first thing is that you have to be serious. Um, you can't blog today and don't touch it again for three weeks. That That's not going to get it. So when you decide that you want to be serious about this, I always say create an editorial calendar or even create maybe two weeks worth of content. You don't have to publish it anywhere, but just have it saved somewhere so that consistently you have, you know, this content that you can put out that your readers can come and see that you're serious about this. Um, mm. And once upon a time, people would say, oh, knit yourself. If you're going to be a food blogger, be a food blogger. If you're all over the place, you know, nobody's not going to read that. And I and I know for a fact that's not true. Unlikely, Martha, is my life. I cook. I like to look nice. I'm a mom. I'm a business owner. I have a husband. So I share all of these little bits and pieces of my life in a way that women enjoy because they're like hey that's me so if you want to be a food blogger I say you know just really think about that before you get yourself down because if you're a food blogger you're going to have to blog about food if you're a lifestyle blogger 
you can bring in a little bit of everything. I love that because everything that you hear, and and I would say like 90% of what you hear, I mean, it's different with you going to be a lifestyle blogger, but 90% of what you hear is find your niche, find your customer. And for example, I was, this is um entrepreneur and she's a, uh, and she does pretty well, and she talks about Instagram, and this is a great segue into social media. She talks about Instagram, and she was saying Instagram, you know, you you don't post your life. You you find you create different accounts. If you're food, you do food. If you do if you're um, self care, you do self care. If you're fashion, do fashion. Don't put everything in on Instagram because face that works for Facebook, but that doesn't work for Instagram. Is that your experience? That has not been my experience, but I think from the very beginning, I never niched myself down. Mm. Unlikely Martha is a brand about me. This is, you know, and you'll look at different brands where people have, you know, branded themselves as a travel expert. Okay, well, if you're a travel expert, I don't want to know what you ate because I'm coming to your site for travel information, Mm -hmm. you know, or maybe something related. So that goes back to, you know, really thinking about, what you want to blog about. I started my brand as me sharing my life, which means okay. that, okay, this is what I decorated my house with. Oh, this is what I wore today. Oh, we went to my daughter's ballet recital. Um, I think the point when you do that is you have to make sure that your images are pretty. And that's what Instagram is about. So I would say more than anything is making sure that your images are pretty. You know, people want to look at them and think about that. Um, before you post to Instagram, but I think, yeah, I think that niche, I think the niche thing is real, you know, um, but I think you can't be, for lack of better words, all over the place. If you brand it correctly, people will enjoy it mm-hmm. because everybody's life is not one facet, you know, is is not one thing. We're all kind of doing a lot of different things. So that's not unusual to see a mom posting about her kids and then a girl's night out and, you know, then, you know, a baby sick today, you, you know, post a picture of a sick child or something like that. That's just a part of life. But I think it goes well, you know, back to how you brand yourself. I, I love you saying that because that really speaks to me. And I'm, I'm thinking it probably speaks to a lot of women out there. Because, um, you talked about shifting earlier, but it's really, life is really about shifting, right? Your mom, your, you know, your, your, you know, your daughter, your sister, um, some, your employee, and in some cases, people are entrepreneurs. That being said, you have to shift from sometimes one shell to the next shell. And I know for me, one of the things I, ch- I was challenged with personally is that I have so many interests. I'm very diversified. And so even when I bring the career-related stuff, you know, it's, a, it's across genres, but then on Facebook, I may post, you know, I love gardening and I love doing things around the house and I love cooking. So it, it, although I do things on careers, which I love, what I've noticed, and it's just, I mean, think about Oprah. Oprah's a TV personality, but people fall in love with the person more than they fall in love with the mm-hmm. subject matter. They're going to come for you. Is that correct? Yep. That's correct. Because so, it's almost like they can relate. And I think that's the biggest thing. It's like, okay, you know. I want to be able to relate or know that this mom is having the same issue that I'm having. Right. Or she figured out how to do this. You know, maybe she can help me figure out how to, you know, organize my house or whatever, you know, it may be. So, so, I mean, there's a lot of social media out there 
How does an entrepreneur choose best for them? I think you really need to, um, in that whole building your brand, once you decide you want to blog or you want to get serious about building a web presence for your business or whatever, you need to kind of look at who your audience is in their age group. Generally, um, right now the idea is that kind of the 16 to 25 set, they're not really on Facebook. That's not saying none of them are on Facebook. It's just saying that the majority of them use Instagram and Snapchat. Um, and most of, you know, the young kids in my family that I talk to, I kind of ask them questions just to kind of get an idea of, you know, where the young people are. And generally that's the consensus. They're going to be on Snapchat. They're going to be on Instagram, maybe Twitter. They're not really feeling Facebook like that. But like that 25 to 44 and upset all over Facebook, they're sharing, you know, recipes, they're sharing. So it's really looking at who is your audience and are you selling something that's visual? Well, if you are, then you definitely want to be on Instagram as well as Facebook because those things, you know, the life uh, span of that post is going to be longer than the Twitter. You can mm. post it to Twitter, but it might need to post it maybe five or six, seven times in regards to in relation to just maybe one time to Instagram or one time to Facebook because the lifespan of that post is a little bit longer. Twitter moves so fast. So I think you, you just really have to look at where your audience is. What social media outlet are they using? And then, you know, put your focus on that. I always say Facebook is, a, is I think Facebook is pretty much a must for everybody because I think a little bit of everybody is on Facebook. Everybody's not on Instagram. So if you're more of a visual, I would say, you know, if you're a visual product, Instagram would be the way to go. But there is so much. I just say pick one or two because there's so many of them. <laughs> you got Pinterest. You have, you know, Snapchat. You have YouTube still. You know, YouTube is gaining a lot of um, it's gaining a lot of ground right now. Video is huge. You got Periscope, yeah. you know. So yeah. if you're a life coach or something like that, Periscope, yes. Facebook Live, yes. Snapchat, absolutely, because these people are hearing you talk. You know, if you're selling baby bibs, you know, Instagram is your thing. So it's really like doing your research and seeing where your audience is and where your efforts will be best spent because that can that is such a huge time suck managing social media. It really is. So you want to make sure that you're being productive and you're getting the most out of your time and efforts. You mentioned Facebook Live, Periscope, YouTube. Now, I think I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask in case someone – doesn't know which which one you it is a time suck so should i be doing facebook live should i be doing periscope should i be doing snapchat youtube if i'm doing if i'm visual and hearing me talk and seeing me in action is going to bring me clients which of those should i be using so this is the thing you can actually again this is working smarter not harder Say you use Snapchat, which is, you know, for those who don't know, you, you, you can only talk or video in 10-second increments. I've seen people do, like, five Snapchats back-to-back, right? Well, you can download your Snapchats, and you can upload them to your Facebook page. So there we go. We're, we're working smarter, not harder. We just posted the Snapchat, but we took that same video, and we just posted it to Facebook. So, you know, you didn't do double work. You just post it one time and then once you save it down hey guess what you can also put this to YouTube 
So there's a way that you can hit every target but record one time. So record your best, you know, snap and, you know, upload it to all the different sites. You can't do that to Periscope, but you can download a snap to Facebook Live. You can download it to your regular Facebook page, and you can also download it to YouTube. Boom, you hit three social uh, media sites with one video. So it's knowing those little tricks that can say, hey, I can have presence on all of these with one with one 10-second video. Do you think a 10-second video could be uh, effective? It just depends. Um, if you – I've seen some that are very um, effective, but you got to know straight to the point what you're saying and get that point out. Almost make it like a teaser, and you're telling them, direct them somewhere. Hey, I have a new whatever. Visit my website at, you know, blah, blah, blah. And that's it. Oh, she was well spoken. She looked pretty. Let me go see what she's talking about. And then they're going to hit your website. You can even put in text with your website name on there so that they can actually see it and go follow it. So it's just really using your strategy if you're going to use that 10 seconds. Make it powerful. Okay, so if I'm using the video, you know, Facebook mm-hmm. Live, Pinterest, the ones we talked about, YouTube. How important is how I look? You come across, you know, well-polished, beautiful, makeup done, hair's done. How important do I, because that sounds like a lot of work. So it's not just having the content laid out, but then I got to make sure my makeup's done, you know. And a lot of times stay-at-home moms, right, we work and no one can see us because we don't have to, necessarily right. get up so you a lot of times they're in their pajamas so what do they need to know again this you know this goes back to what is before and you mentioned um, people wanted to start a blog or a web presence whatever you start your niche as then you keep that in mind I'm, I like I said I share my real life I will get on snapchat with my head scarf on but that works for me because I built my brand as just being a real mom sharing her life I've gotten on Snapchat with no makeup and my head scarf on and saying, hey, I'm having a rough day today. My Wi-Fi isn't working. And people relate to that because everybody's had spotty internet connection. But that's how I built my brand. Now, if your brand is public speaking or you're, you know, a life coach, yeah, I would think you need to be polished when you hit record because you're selling, a, you know, a service that says, hey, I can help you do this. Well, if I'm going to pay you or you want me to pay you for a service, of course, your appearance is important to me. So, again, that just goes back to, like I said, just, you know, sitting down and really thinking about what are you selling? What is your brand looking like? What is your niche? Based on that, if you're a fashion blogger, yeah, I don't think you need to step on, you know, Periscope telling someone how to, you know, buy lipstick and your face is not done. So you – um talked about we talked about those different social medias I also know that you help women or entrepreneurs in general who want to jumpstart their career and be a blogger and be compensated for that can you talk about that a little bit sure so kind of um, in this span of you know building this brand from the ground up I've done a lot of research and uh, made some mistakes along the way, had some huge successes as well. So 
you know, as people started to ask me, I said, hey, you know, maybe I can, you know, branch off of this blog a little bit and, you know, start a very small kind of social media consulting and help other women who are trying to do the same thing that don't have a large budget. Um, and that's kind of how I got into, you know, managing social media for um, other, you know, small businesses. Okay, so if someone, and I want to, we can say it now and, and say it again later, but if someone wanted to reach out to you because they have a, a small business and they want to have a web presence, a social media presence, how do they get in touch with you? You can email me at Mimi, that's M-I-M-I, and it's at unlikelymartha.com. So you want to repeat that one more time? It's Mimi, M-I-M-I, at unlikely, U-N-L-I-K-E-L-Y, Martha, M-A-R-T-H-A.com. How did you come up with the name Unlikely Martha? (laughs) So initially, my blog was named Lip Gloss and Binky, and... When I was thinking of that name at the time, again, I had a new baby. I was like, what are the two things I never leave home without? And it was my lip gloss and the baby's pacifier. Well, when the baby turned five, I was like, "Um, we don't need pacifiers anymore. I think I've outgrown this brand. And in the beginning, um, I was very much like, I don't like to cook. Cleaning wasn't my thing. It was just kind of like, ugh. But as I got older, once I hit 30 and then, you know, 35 came, I found myself loving to cook, wanting to organize things in my house. But people were like, you don't even look like the type of person that would craft, I guess, you know, looking at how I dressed or whatever. So I just came up with unlikely Martha, like I was a black Martha Stewart, or I was like, it just seemed unlikely that these would be things that I would do if you were to look at my appearance. Wow. And that's how unlikely Martha came came about and um when it hit me I was like I know this is you know probably take it so I rush over to GoDaddy and I look and it was available and I just jumped on it that is amazing it speaks to me on so many levels and I'm hoping if someone's out there speaking to them too because so often we women um entrepreneurs just individuals we're pigeonholed right people looked at you and Mm -hmm. they they had this perception and it's basic that people's perceptions of you is really reflective of themselves on some level, but they looked at you and said, there's no way you can craft or, or you're not yep. like this. And I love the fact that you're breaking the mold, right? You're breaking the mold and you're doing things that people think that are unlikely for you. So unlikely author, not only does it represent you, but I think it represents people who are like you, who are doing things that people thought they could never do. So congratulations to you and hats off to you for being the example of what it's like to be unlikely, because when you're unlikely, you can get lots accomplished and you, you end up doing a lot of things in your lifetime. So thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that because I've got emails. I got an email from this um, this lady, and it, it made me feel so good. She was like, I just love that, you know, you cook for your family because she was saying basically she's a feminist, but that, you know, she's like a hardcore feminist, but that she felt kind of bad sometimes about sharing with the world that, you know, she made it a priority to take care of her, you know, her husband and her child. Like she didn't feel 
I guess, free enough to be open about that for whatever her feminist beliefs were. And uh, I was like, wow, you know, I didn't really understand the impact that, you know, me sharing these things was that, like, hey, you can really be that mom and that wife and still be all about, you know, female power. You don't have to, like you said, again, going back to that unlikely, you don't have to pigeonhole yourself. You can still, like, cook for your husband and, you know, be, you know, submissive in whatever way you feel necessary, but you can still, you know, relate to being a feminist. So I like it that, you know, women get different things from the whole unlikely. And the fact that I'm black, you know, I guess the general consensus from what I heard from people is that black women only blog about fashion and, and beauty. Not true. You know, there's so many of us out here that have these, you know, we sew, we cook, you know, we decorate planners, we organize, but generally that space has been reserved for, you know, for white women, it's almost like we didn't fit into that mold. So this is kind of like a thing to say, hey, or if you did, you were homely. Like you had an apron on and, you know, you didn't have fun. You didn't hang out with your girls. You didn't have cocktails. We'll be right back with Mimi Scarlett, Unlikely Martha, and affiliate programs, and how to make money blogging. For more great career advice, log on to blogtalkradio.com slash DLFM. You can also find great career advice at thecareerlounge.online. And don't forget to log into thedealfm.com. Welcome back. Well, you know, what's interesting. Um, it's going to bring me to my next topic on your blog. What I think is that being said, how much of yourself do you let the public see when you are a public blogger? You know, I'm the type of person I believe that we help people through our testimony. I'm not saying I share everything, but I did a post a while back called The Real where I just really went into, like, the background of some of the things. Like, people like, oh, your house is so big and this and that. And then that particular post, I said, hey, you know, we bought this house, but it wiped out our savings. We had nothing. Like, I want people to know. So I don't share every – I don't share a lot about my marriage because I do think that some things are just, you know, sacred. Um, Everybody knows my husband exists. He pops in, you know, every now and then in a picture. But – He's not against not being shown, but that's just something I feel like I just need to keep for myself. So I might mention him, but you're not going to see him a lot on the blog. I respect his, you know, privacy or whatever. But generally, I'm pretty much an open book. Um, You know, I I share, you know, photos of my kids. I've been kind of thinking about that lately as they get older, whether or not I want to trend more toward not sharing them as much. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just not really sure about how to do that yet. But generally at this point, I will mention them here and there, but it's not like I'm a mommy, quote unquote, mommy blogger. So I'm not really sharing a lot about this, especially since my son is getting older. Um, But yeah, I'm pretty much an open book. You know, like I said, my marriage is probably that one thing that I keep um, sacred. I don't really talk about, you know, our marriage or anything like that. Um, But I do. I, 
I don't like the stigma that people always live a perfect life. And I think that my Instagram could put that out there. Um, I, you know, I'm not one of those bloggers that's just going to air all of my dirty laundry. But every now and then I will do a post that says, hey, you know, I got problems just like everybody else. And if I want to share these, you know, I do. No, I love it. I love it. it um, I think it speaks to people in a very personal way. Now, if you can share, fine. If you can't, I understand. In terms of the affiliate program, how do you work that into your blog? So, um, and affiliates, that goes back to you asking how bloggers make money. Affiliates is a great way, but you have to start to weave that into a story. Um, nobody likes to just be sold something like, hey, buy this. You find your voice and you weave those things in uh, authentically. Uh, Amazon is a great way to make, you know, a lot of money. If you went and you bought makeup, you know, oh, I just love this lipstick, and you just link to it. Um, it's really making it not as sales pitchy, but just weaving it into something that you really love, and this is what you wear. Because when you build a personal brand, you know, like I said, people are like, girl, who did your hair? So let's just, we'll just, I'll just say I'm getting ready to reach out to Great Clips because I don't think people understand that, you know, black people can go to Great Clips and get their hair cut for $8. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I'm using that as a way to, you know, work with that brand. So it's always kind of thinking out of the box and weaving those affiliate links in and those affiliates in authentically. It just goes over a lot better with your audience. Speaking of audience. And, and and niche markets, who is your audience? My audience, and based on, okay, so there's two parts. I think if you were just to ask me who I thought my audience was without me, you know, going on the back end and reading my analytics, I would tell you I thought my audience was maybe women ages 25 to 44 who were looking for ways to, um, not lose themselves in motherhood, looking for ways to mesh motherhood and being a wife and all these other things, you know, with their their true passions. My analytics tells me that there are women that read my blog that are in their early 20s that don't have kids and have, you know, discretionary income. I don't. I think I like to think that they read, and they read in large numbers. The percentage is much higher than I thought, but I think that's because at some day, at some point, they will want to be mothers, or that's their goal. And they like, you know, society may tell them, "Oh, you're going to lose yourself when you become a mother. Oh, everything just goes out the window." But somehow, Mimi seems to still go to the Beyonce concert and bake banana bread. Like I can do this. So I think that's where, you know, that audience comes in. It's women and you have an age group. Is there an ethnicity that's tied to that? I mean, if I can be real, um, I feel like in this space, I don't get a ton of love from white women. Uh, my analytics tells me that, and I'm not really sure why. Uh, but I do have a few, but generally they're they're African American women, and that saddens me because I think that we're all just trying to do the best that we can, and we're all trying to be great mothers and wives, and we're all trying to you know live our passion. Um, but 
the majority of my readers are African American. Okay, so if on this show there are women of color and white women who are listening to you, what do you want to say to the white women? What do you want to say to them that can let them know that, you know, what you have also works for them as well? I think at the end of the day, we're all, like I said, we're all women. We're, you know, we're trying to be the best mothers and understand that we're all women. We're all just trying to do the best we can. We're trying to, you know, raise healthy and whole children and nurture marriages and build businesses outside of our skin color. We're all trying to do the same thing in our story. All of our stories matter because I read, you know, tons of blogs, no matter the color of the woman I do, I read them. Because, like I said, they're all stories, and I get empowered from these stories. I don't care who wrote it. But for some reason, I just don't see that balanced in my analytics. Right, right. Well, we're all women. I think at the end of the day, when it comes to our children, we all want the same thing for our children. We want them to be happy and healthy. I mean, that's what I want. I also want my son to, you know, be a rocket scientist. (laughs) But Right. (laughs) I also want that for him as well. But it's interesting because, you know, you are a fashion diva. So if you're interested in fashion, Miss Mimi is definitely a website that you can check out. They just probably haven't stumbled across it. I kind of fell across it by accident. Um, That being said, with Facebook, Google ads, targeting markets, yay or nay? Yes. Yeah. I wouldn't say every post, but definitely if you have a product that's niche to a certain, you know, group, again, if you're selling baby bids, by all means, you know, hit that Facebook ad. They're going to find that demo for you, you know, 25 to 44 with kids. And then in your geographic area, it is amazing what that Facebook ad can do. I mean, boosting those posts, to me, is worth it. I've seen great success from it. Okay, what if what if the person doesn't know their demographics? I was in a group and it was interesting, and I was struggling with it too. And so one of the things that we had to do was identify our target market, right? Who's your market? And it's interesting because you kind of spoke to that. It's like what I felt, who I felt my market was, and who really was my market, right? And mm-hmm. um, so if you and, and what I found is a lot of women did not really understand their market. So if you really don't understand your market and you want to do a Facebook ad, how should you begin that process? So if you have a site, I use this thing called Quantcast. Do not ask me because I'm not technical on that piece at all. But if you put Quantcast on your site, I would say run it on there for maybe a month. Again, this is just doing your homework piece, right, to make sure that you get the most out of your, you know, the most bang out of your buck. Quantcast will tell you based on the percentage. I don't know if they pick it up from your IP address or what, but it'll tell you the percentage in a pool's reading, male, female. It'll even tell you their income levels. So you can take that information, right, and then you can just go ahead and plug that into, you know, if you do a Facebook ad, you can just plug that in. Hey, I thought Quantcast? Yes. No, it's free. Oh, really? So you go on, you go on the website and you set up. Um, they may have a paid option, of course. You know, everything has like a free version. And if you pay for the paid version, you get like extra. You know, you get some extra details. But the, the free version works fine. So you put in your information. They give you a code, 
and you, you, you know, if you can't do it, you can get your web provider or whatever to put the code onto your site. Basically, give it, like I said, you will give it 30 days to kind of, you know, see who your traffic is coming from. It will give it to you in a graph. Like I said, it will tell you that they're African American, what color they are, how much money they make, um, their age group, um, where they're, you know, where they're located. Uh, Google Analytics will do that for you, too. I don't think Google Analytics will break down the 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 race, but I think it will break down your age group, yeah, and where they are. Okay. So once you get that information, yeah, you can just plug that in, then you know, tried and true, that's who your demo is because the website told you that's who's visiting. Okay, so I'm a new. This is for a newbie. So I'm a new blogger, and I. I have, let's say I have a Facebook page. Let's say the person has a Facebook page because most people have a Facebook page, right? And you don't necessarily have an audience yet. You haven't built an audience. So how should they begin? So you build your audience. I'm a firm believer in genuine, you know, engagement. And this is where the time suck of social media comes in. That's, hey, you know, responding to people's, um, Instagram photos so that people will click back to your page and see what you're about, you know, but of course you want to get into a similar niche of people who look like they're interested in the same things that you are because they're more likely to follow you back. Same thing with Facebook pages, same thing with blogs, get on those blogs, start commenting. Um, Because not only is the person who wrote the blog going to see your comment, but other people who are coming to visit that blog, they're like, oh, who's unlikely, Martha? What is she talking about? And click your link and boom, you know, hey, I love this. And now you got a new follower. So if you're trying to do it genuine, you know, in a genuine manner, you know, it's just really supporting other people who are doing the same thing that you're doing, building those relationships, building that community. And that community is so important because once you build that community guess what they're going to support you they're going to share your stuff they're going to say hey you know the deal radio you know like when i post about this you know people will click over so i think i'm a big um i'm big on authenticity now if you got the money and you can hire a firm they can do all that for you you know in days you can have you know thousands of followers you know, all that good stuff. But if you're starting from the ground up and you have no budget, you got to buckle down and do that work. People, you just right. got to be visible. People have to see you. You have to create those beautiful images. Um, things like Canva, uh, free, you know. Love, um, I love it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Stuff like that. Creating shareable content on Facebook. You know, create those funny little sayings that people love and get that stuff shared. You know, the, those things are what builds your audience. And it's a slow walk, you know, and it can be discouraging. Still to this day, sometimes I wonder why. That's the big piece. And I'm glad you said that because I think what deters people and stops people from this journey, especially with the social media, is that we've heard so many stories about, you know, overnight successes. And I speak about this in my career coaching and I speak about this when I do public speaking we hear so many stories of overnight successes. And then even the ones that took years, even if you listen to Bill Gates and the Zuckerbergs, I mean, we hear about the success story, but we don't hear about the laborious task, how long it took, how long I We don't hear about the journey. We just hear mm-hmm. about, I'm at this destination. So for you to say, it takes time to build that audience. 
and to engage people. That is so important. That's key. If, if, if people who are listening today can understand that engaging folks, getting them to follow you back, to, to refer you, it takes time because they have to mm-hmm. trust you. They have to like your product and you have to be consistent and you have to post good content. So it takes time. It's not an overnight success. No. Would you say it could, it could take, it could take a good year or two and that's if you're doing it effectively and consistently. Absolutely. I mean, I've been blogging almost six years. I'm not ashamed to tell you, I only have 3,000 Twitter followers versus other women I've seen that have been blogging the same time as I have. And they have, you know, a 10,000 followers. But they employed a certain strategy that I just, in my, in my strong feelings of building authenticity, I just wasn't going to go and follow a bunch of people and hope that they followed me back. And generally, that's what they do. But again, if that is your desire, you know, do that by all means, but just be honest to whatever you're wanting to build your brand as. Right. You know, so, um, but it takes time. Like I said, I can't stress enough the building of the community part, because if you build your community um, properly, these women will support you or anybody in your niche will support you. But of course, you know, nobody likes like one, one side of support, like, you know, don't, you know, don't push your stuff out there for other people to support you. And then you don't support them back. That's, that's not how that works. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think you are inspiration to women. I think you are interest. You are inspiration to entrepreneurs, to mothers, to wives, and to friends of entrepreneurs. One last question, and I won't take up your busy time. Support system. How do you build a strong support system to help you do what you do? I tell people all the time, it takes a village. And I have a post about that. Um, called Village on my blog called Village Aunties and where I touch on how, you know, my friends are like family and they support me. They take, you know, if I need help with my kids or if I need anything done, I can call them. And then when I feel down, guess what? I can call. I got one that's going to pray with me. I got one that's, you know, if I'm angry, she's going to, you know, fuel the fire a little bit. I mean, we all need different type of people in our circles. And like I said before, you have to make sure that you go back and you support your friends and that you're a good friend and that, you know, you're returning the favor when need be, you know. Um, but you can't you could, do it. You get the business alone. support you need. For support, some people may have the support of the family, your friends. You mentioned your girlfriend praying with you when you need prayer and having the church community. But from the business perspective, because I find that women struggle here, they say, well, you know, I have the personal support, but I'm having a hard time finding like-minded women. Do mm-hmm. you find do you find that to be a challenge? I don't because I found, but I did. I found mm-hmm. certain Facebook groups um, where, again, these are like women, like-minded women. And I've even created like masterminds what we call mastermind groups of women that I've met blogging. I've never laid eyes on them a day in my life, but they inspire me. So I've reached out to them and say, Hey, you know, you wrote this, you really inspire me. And we've just kind of become friends. So I think it's so important that not to be afraid of that blog that you're reading to think that these people aren't relatable, you know, reach out. Hey, I'm trying to start a business. Uh, You know, I read your post about so-and-so, 
was just wondering if you could, you know, answer a few questions. Like, don't be afraid. Some people may not respond, but some most will because we all understand that struggle of what it's like to be, you know, giving your all to something and not really seeing the results and knowing, you know, some days are better than others. And then at the same time, you know, you get in some of these groups, and there's some great groups on Facebook, great mm-hmm you know, groups for women businesses, women entrepreneurs, stay-at-home moms. You know, you might read in a group and somebody might have a huge success and you might feel down, but at the same time, you're like, hey, I can do that. And then in those groups, it's just so much advice circling, free advice that you probably would pay somebody for, but somebody might ask a question and somebody might information in those groups. So if you don't have anybody, I would say, like, in your immediate community that is supportive, you know, find that online group. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Get up, you know, get connected to that community. That is wonderful, wonderful advice. Uh, I feel charged. I feel very charged. Um, one more time, let's share the blog, how to get in touch with you, just reconfirm that you are out there to help women, entrepreneurs, Anyone who's an entrepreneur, really, anyone who wants the advice, we don't have to, we don't want to narrow it and niche ourselves only to women. But anyone who wants to find out more about unlikely Martha or Miss Mimi, how do they get in touch with you? So I am, my blog is um, unlikelymartha.com. Of course, that's www.unlikelymartha.com. I am on Instagram as unlikelymartha. I am also on Twitter as Glossy Mimi, that's G-L-O-S-S-Y-M-I-M-I. And you can certainly email me at Mimi at UnlikelyMartha.com. Mimi, I Oh, one more. Okay. And I'm on Snapchat. I'm on Snapchat, and that's kind of like my everyday behind the scenes, you know, me dropping my kids at the bus and all that good stuff. And I'm on Snapchat as UnlikelyMartha as well. Are you on Snapchat every day? Pretty much, yeah. I love Snapchat, yes. Yeah, we got to talk about Snapchat. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Mimi, honestly, from the sincerest place in my heart, thank you so much. I think that the advice was extremely valuable to anyone who's interested in taking this leap and blogging or starting their online business. And I think um, if not, if they have not realized that they can come to you and get advice, um, check you out on your website. We're just going to have to say it again. It's unlikelymartha.com, and you can reach out to her um, on her site. If you On her site, you'll see the Facebook, the Twitter, the Instagram, all the little icons, Pinterest, mm-hmm. for yep. other ways you can get in touch with her. So if you can't remember any of the other things, remember unlikelymartha.com because you can find her there and get access to the other social media outlets. So Mimi, thank you so much. If there's anything else you want to add, now is the time. Well, thank you so much for having me. I hope that, you know, something I said sparked an interest or uh, I said an encouraging word for somebody who needed to hear it because I do listen, you know, to podcasts for that very reason. So I do hope that. And thank you so much for having me. It's been my plan. The best of luck to you and your business, and I'm sure we'll be connecting really soon. Okay, I'm looking forward to it. Alrighty. All right, have a good evening. You too, thanks. Your life is greater than your current opposition. 
to advance, you must take a chance. Let your gift be your guide. It's your North Star. Meditate on it. You are bound to go far. Brought to you by The Career Lounge. Thank you so much for tuning in to The Career Lounge, brought to you by The Deal FM. I so enjoyed having Unlikely Martha on the show today. Isn't she amazing? Such great advice, enthusiasm, pearls of wisdom, mom, entrepreneur, mother, blogger, friend. You can check out her blog, unlikelymartha.com, and let's stay connected and support each other in our careers and in our journey. Please remember to follow me on Facebook at Janie Pilgrim, Twitter, The Deal FM, Instagram, and especially LinkedIn at Janie Pilgrim. Again, it's been wonderful serving you, and we'll talk again next week on The Career Lounge. Good night. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.